for a fright. Can you handle a scare? This is your home for all things horror. Welcome to the Deadline Podcast with your host, Jay. What's up, guys? Uh, I hope the quality of this particular episode is pretty good. I am recording on a microphone that I got for my phone. Uh, for people that didn't hear or didn't remember, um, my computer is broke down. I can't afford a new computer at this time, so I'm doing the entire podcast through my phone. Um, so, yeah, I just have to deal with that for the time being, unfortunately. Uh, another thing is, I had originally planned on uh, doing like three, at least three podcasts this week, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I ran into some problems. I was waiting on some stuff for my phone to come in, and just the, I just now finally got the stuff I needed, so it's not going to happen. I might be able to get another one out by Sunday, but we'll see. Um I have a lot of good things that we're going to start covering. Uh, the one we're covering today is about Skinwalker Ranch. And, of course, I'll go back and we'll talk about a little bit about the history about it before we get into it. Um, but anyway, uh, there's some other good stories that I'm looking at, hopefully in within this next week as well. Uh, but anyway, so let's get into this. Now, well, like I said, we're going to be talking about Skinwalker Ranch. And... Skinwalkers, for the most part, are are shapeshifters of some sort. You know, they can turn into pretty much whatever or or whoever they want to. With that, with that being said, the one we're actually talking about today are is as in Utah. Now, a lot of people think that the Skinwalkers, for for instance are basically the same as the rake. Now, for a lot of people that don't know what the rake is, just you I'll cover that later on, uh, maybe in a couple episodes down the line or something. But they're for the most part the same thing. At least in my eyes and the reading that I've read about about it um are the same. Anyway, the the Navajo of the Southwest America, skinwalkers are a powerful and destructive presence. The witches have the ability to transform into animals, um, as well as possess other people and bring folk back from the dead with black magic. Now, they wear the skins and sometimes skulls or antlers of their chosen creature, which is where the name skinwalker comes from. Now... There's a tons now. There's no actual real footage that I know of, or real uh, pictures that I know of that show a real skinwalker. Um. Now, with that, take that with a grain of salt. Um. I don't know if I would say that I believe in them, but hey, I'm open for anything. Um, but anyway, the tribe doesn't, they don't talk about him, about them openly. As, as it's thought, skinwalkers hide among their numbers and exact vengeance on those who speak out. 
for the Navajo living side by side with the fearsome enemy is accepted. Now, skinwalkers are just another part of their spirituality and one of the ways of their lives. According to the legends or to the legend legends of America website, as such, witchcraft has long been part of their culture, history, and their traditions. Now, animals associated with witchcraft usually include tricksters such as coyotes. Can't even say it today. Can't even speak straight. But um, anyway, uh, but that include uh, that includes other animals or other creatures, usually those associated with death or bad omens. They might uh, also possess living animals or people and walk around in their bodies by locking eyes with them. Skinwalkers may be male or female, so it doesn't matter if you're a male or a female. They can go either way. Now, skinwalker stories told by, uh, among Navajo children may be complete life and death struggles that end in either skinwalker or Navajo killing the other. Impartial encounter stories that end in a stalemate. Now, encounter stories encounter stories may be composed as Navajo victory stories, with the skinwalkers approaching a, and being uh, scared away. Now, here's a few facts about skinwalkers, okay? Number one, a skinwalker is a person with the ability to transform into a different to into any different type of animal at will. Number two, they are the most frequently seen they are most frequently seen as coyotes, wolves, foxes, eagles, owls, or crows. Now number three, some can uh, some can also steal the faces of different people and could appear as someone you know. Number four, if you accidentally lock eyes with a skinwalker, they can absorb themselves into your body and take control of your actions. Number five, rare skinwalkers uh, can also have the ability to enchant the powder of corpses and use the substance as a poison dust on victims. That sounds kind of far-fetched, but whatever. Uh, the, now... Um, where was it? That was number five. All right, so number six, the legend of the skinwalkers or originates from the Navajo, a southwestern Native American tribe. The Navajo, and then number seven, the in the Navajo language, the word skinwalker is ye. I can't even try that. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that shit. Nagalashi. I guess I'm saying that right. And translates to he who walks on all fours. Uh, number eight. Skinwalkers have only entered the public dis- uh, discourse relatively recently compared to other phenomenon. In 1996, a team of scientists ventured to a Utah ranch to investigate the series of bizarre phenomenon. Number nine. If there are other powers... Weren't enough. If their other powers weren't enough, skinwalkers are also said to be able to run incredibly long distances. Distances, some say over two hundred miles in one evening. That's a lot of damn miles. Uh, That's why some of this shit I just couldn't really physically believe in. But whatever. Now, number ten, skinwalkers have a tendency to hang around graveyards. 
and can dig up graves at any impossible f- and an impossibly fast speed. Number 11. While they can take any form, many people who see them today describe them as hollowed out dog-like animals. Now that that hollowed out could be that it's the um the part, you know, like where they wear the the skull or the the skin of the animal or whatever. Um now, skinwalkers are said to recruit more skinwalkers themselves. There is some dispute in how this happens, but some say there is an, a, there's an official ceremony and that skinwalkers only take their form while get, uh, with, with a gathering of people at a, any spe- and, bleh, and specific chance. Now, if, that, if that's a theory that they if regular people came up with, my question is, they had to talk to a skinwalker. I mean, where else would they have gotten it? You know what I mean? Now, um, skinwalkers are most commonly encountered near uh, native reservations, though they have been seen all over the United States. Skinwalker Ranch in Utah is the most famous. Now, some people believe the rake, which I was talking about at the beginning, which is commonly encountered in the Northeast, is similar to a skinwalker. Now, these, for the most part, are just shapeshifters, supposedly. Now, that's just a little bit of history uh, about skinwalkers in general. There's more about it, but I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to go all into it. Uh, but that kind of gives you a brief detail on, you know, what they are. Because uh, this entire thing is about, um, you know, is about uh, Skinwalker Ranch. But anyway, because most, most of the sightings happened around there anyways. Now, in 1994, Terry and Gwen Sherman and their children moved themselves and their cattle into a 400-acre, 480-acre ranch south of Fort Duchenne, Utah. The Sherman family woes began immediately after they purchased the homestead. As they were moving their furniture into their new home, Terry and Gwen Sherman were approached by a wolf described as being three times larger than any they had ed- any that they had ever uh, seen. Now the wolf moved to the corral and attacked one of the Sherman's calves, and Terry shot it at close range with a handgun and then a high-powered rifle. But the attack barely phased the animal, which soon left of its own accord. Now, Terry tried to follow the tracks of the wolf, which left no trail of blood, but the tracks abruptly stopped in the middle of a nearby field. The wolf had vanished. Now, supposedly after they had went out, uh, basically chasing or following the wolf until it vanished, when they turned around to come back, uh, according to what they also said, uh, they had also, I think whenever he had taken the handgun back out, because he used his gun, and then he told his son to run back in the house and get the shotgun. 
shot he used a shotgun no nothing happened uh so then he pulled out his gun again pretty much at close range shot it again he says at that time when he did uh he saw an actual chunk of meat uh basically fly off now when he came back he saw the piece of meat that he had originally shot off before and he said the way he basically described it as it looked rotten uh it was smelly just it was horrible now everything just got weirder from there over the next two years the sherman family saw strange vehicles including a few they assumed were lost rvs until they lifted off and flew into the sky. Now they experienced poltergeist-like behavior in which items around the house or ranch would go missing, only to reappear in strange places, such as inside the, inside the microwave days later. Window-like portals in the sky opened up, showing views of the uh, uh, from el somewhere else. They would occasionally find their cattle mutilated, the soft flesh, the soft flesh of of the animals, eyes, ears, and genitals, seemingly surgically and bloodlessly removed from the unseen force, from an unseen force. Now that was the biggest thing were uh, these mutilations from his cat or his cattle in general. Um, Now, the Shermans were more than ready to leave in 1996 when they were approached by a billionaire who wanted to purchase the ranch. Now, Robert Bigelow, then known mostly as the founder of the Budget Suites of America hotel chain, created the National Institute, Institute of Discovery Science, an organization with the primary goal of studying UFOs and other uh, paranormal phenomenon. After hearing about, um, oh shit, my bad, I screwed it up. Now, um, now after, god damn it. Uh, I screwed up my shit. Alright, now after hearing about their strange encounters, Bigelow purchased the Sherman's ranch and set, it, and set up shop. Bigelow's researchers saw the same things the Sherman's did, sometimes in conjunction with each other. Portals would open up allowing alien vehicles or tall, sh shadowy, faceless humanoids to come through. Large, unexplainable beasts with glowing eyes would watch people from the trees, and unseen forces continued to mut uh, mutilate cattle. Now, in, in 2016, Bigelow sold the ranch to a company called Adamantium Real Estate. The new owners are very private about who... They are, but not so private that they wouldn't allow filmmaker Jeremy Corbell to visit the ranch. Now, he made a documentary, um, which you can actually physically see. Now, his documentary is about, about the visit. 
which also includes interviews with the eyewitnesses and footages or and footage shot by George Knapp in the night in the nineties. Now, if I can remember correctly, with this documentary, uh, I think it's on it's on Hulu, if I remember correctly. So if you have it, uh, look for it. Uh, the title of it's called Hunt for the Skinwalker. Uh, for the most part, it's, 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 it's decent. It came out in 2018. Now, just keep in mind, it, for the most part, the footage and stuff that you'll see in the documentary, it looks like it was shot with a potato because it's from the 80s. But still, it, it's, it's pretty good. It's decent. So definitely, if you can, definitely check it out. Now, while shooting at the ranch, Corbell did, uh, did not see anything unusual himself. But a soft-spoken formal military member of his security detail told Corbell that he saw uh, a Senate black mist follow the filmmaker through one of the buildings. Corbell did, uh, said he tries to maintain a healthy level of skepticism about the unknown as and as such. He finds the cattle mutilations to be some of the most intriguing reports from the ranch. Bigelow's scientists actually had the chance to document and study the evidence in these cases. He said, and they were uh, perplexed by the skills and tools needed to inflict the kind of damage they witnessed on the uh, carcasses. Another witness to the strange events at the ranch, Ron Burns, learned about the ranch in the mid-90s. He was living in Salt Lake City and working as a fly fishing guide. Now, while his encounter was while driving one day, he saw what he thought was a UFO near the ridge line in the area behind the ranch. He then spotted an, spotted an elderly Native American man shuffling down from atop the bluff and approaching the car. When the man reached the car, Burns rolled down the window and asked him if he needed a ride somewhere. The man did not respond, but opened the door and climbed in. Burns does not remember anything after that. He was found by local authorities uh, and hanging out of... Or, but still, he was hanging around or hanging out... But uh, but still buckled into his truck and bottle hollow reservoir, truck at bottle hollow reservoir, a body of water north of the ranch. After determining that he was neither drunk nor passed out, they told him that he had been uh, nabbed by a skinwalker. Even though it might have been an elderly Navajo, whatever guy. They're automatically saying that it was a skinwalker. It could have been tons of things. You, you, I don't know. Now, that's just a short end of that, but I gave you all the main details about it so that you know. You pretty much have the beginning, the, the middle, and the end, so you know what's up. But anyway, 
just to give you an idea how long this has really been going on, which is weird is because it doesn't, I mean, some of it was documented, but it seems like a lot of it started coming out when the Shermans um, bought the property. Now, when they bought the property, it wasn't called Skinwalker Ranch. It was called uh, the Sherman Ranch whenever they bought it or whatever. It became skin, pretty much Skinwalker Ranch, I guess, during their time or after they sold it or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so anyway. Now, one thing I didn't mention, I forgot to say, is when the Shermans bought the place... And I'm going to get into that in a minute because we're going to go through a short little timeline. The timeline's huge, but I cut out a lot of the dumb parts and just did the, the main parts of it. But anyway, uh, by the original owners that they bought it from, the owners told them specifically, before you even dig on this property, um, you need to get permission from us. That kind of sends up a red flag right there because... My thing is, if I buy something, it doesn't matter what the hell it is. It could be property, it could be a car, it could be whatever. It belongs to me. I could do whatever the hell I want to do with it. But anyway, the Shermans agreed to it. Now, these reports go way back. For the most part, starting in 1880. Now, several uh, bands of UTE tribes were relocated by the government onto the reservation surrounding Skinwalker Ranch. Now, in 1886, the military finalized construction of a fort in Fort Duchenne. Buffalo soldiers were stationed at Fort Duchenne. One particular soldier was a known Mason and may have con uh, connections to the Mason-like symbols Seen etched into a rock wall at Skinwalker Ranch. In 1905, the first Skinwalker Ranch settler, John and Emma Myers, which were the originals, this is the ones I'm talking about, build a small homestead on the property. Uh, the Locke family also moves onto the west side of the property. Around this time, the Locke family recalls a, not, a noteworthy... Um, occurrence of a strange visitor who uh, to the property. The stranger arrived out of nowhere, was wearing time period appropriate clothing. However, underneath it was a dazzling blue one-piece outfit. He was wearing a onesie for the most part. Uh, he, he asked for water and had a lengthy conversation with the family. He then walked off and disappeared. The assumption is that this uh, this bizarre figure told the Locke family where not to dig on the property. That explains why the the owners told uh, the Shermans not to dig. Now, this story was so amazing, apparently, that it was passed down to future generations. Now, in 1915, a strange man appears out of nowhere on the ranch and asks for a glass of water. The homestead statters. Wait a minute. All right, so that's 1915. Notice that beneath his period appropriate attire were... Why is this repeating the same thing? Oh, shit, I copied and... I mean, I, I wrote the same thing twice. Um... 
1930. That skips from 1905 to 1930. Now, Christopher Locke, the grandson, reveals that the first cattle mutilation occurred on the ranch. In 1934, Kenneth and uh, Edith Myers buy a trailer and move onto the east side of the property. In 1944, two miles from Skinwalker Ranch, a larger silver globe-like object is seen flying over the fort. Now, between 1950 and 1960s, Junior Hicks and locals report a surge of UFO flap and UFO reports in the uh, Uinta Basin. However, Skinwalker Ranch itself historically has little to no recorded activity. However, of however of note, the ridge line directly behind Skinwalker Ranch is the given nickname Werewolf Ridge by the locals for reasons lost to history. Now, now we're getting further up. We're coming closer to you know our time period now. Now, in the 1960s, Edith Myers and Kenneth Myers homestead the Skinwalker Ranch property. Now, by 1994, Edith Myers, prior ranch owner, age 88, died. March the 3rd, 1994, Edith's brother-in-law, uh, Garth Myers, sells the property to the Shermans. Now, Garth dies in 2011. And then, of course, that's where we get back to 1994. Terry and Gwen... Sherman and their children move themselves and their cattle onto the um, onto the ranch. So, with that, that's just a small part of it. Um, what was I going to say? Let me pull this up. I was looking through. Where is it at? There it is. Uh, I'll have to look. But anyway, there's some other stuff um, we're gonna we'll go over to over time. If you're new to this podcast or didn't hear, uh, for the time being, I will not have a co-host on the podcast. Unfortunately, for the time being, um, there was an incident. What? About a week ago, actually, um, where my water cooler that cover, that goes over my CPU basically busted and shorted out every part of uh, of my computer. And at this point in time, as everyone else, for the most part, everyone's out of a job. I can't afford a new computer for the time being. So. Uh, I'm having to record the podcast for a while onto my phone. And as of right now, what I'm doing right now as we speak, I'm recording it onto my Android phone. Um, I had a free upgrade on my phone, so I decided to upgrade it because I have a, a Razer phone too, which is an awesome phone, but I wanted a better quality if I'm going to have to record all this onto a phone. So... Hopefully the quality on my new phone, which I just got just a little bit ago before recording this, which is iPhone 11 Pro Max or whatever it's called, 
so hopefully the quality will be fucking awesome on that. But anyway, I didn't have to pay anything. It was free. Um, and then, of course, the external microphone that will plug into it, which I'm using right now on my Android phone. Uh, anyway, so for that, I don't know how long it can be without having a co-host, but at least, hey, I can still record for the time being. Um, I'm hoping to put out another podcast episode this Sunday, because today is Thursday, so hopefully in a few days I can put out another one. I don't know if I'll do a story, but we'll just talk about a couple of topics here and there. Uh, for people that are watching on YouTube, thank you. The channel is finally starting to get more subscribers, which is is fucking awesome. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. The channel is starting to grow over there. And for people, and you can even if you're listening over there, you can always listen to the podcast pretty much anywhere from Google Play to Apple or iTunes podcast, whatever it's called, Apple Podcast. Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. Um, you can also... Uh, I'll leave a link down in the description. Uh, actually, it is in the description. It's towards the bottom. A, uh, a link to my website, which holds all the episodes. So you can always listen on there as well. But... Um, Yes, uh, what I'm looking for as well, hopefully, I'm not sure how I'm going to do it, and if I do, when, uh, since I can't do my live streams on YouTube right now, uh, I don't know, I, I'm waiting on some other little gadgets to come in for the phone, I might do live podcast, like video podcasts on YouTube, but I am also will probably do live podcasts over on Podbean, because I can do that through that Podbean app. But anyways, we'll see how it goes. Uh, this episode is going to be a little shorter than normal. Usually I do like an hour, if not a little over an hour. But for today, it's going to be short. Thank you again for all the new subscribers, all the people that are following. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Make sure to follow me. You can always follow me on Twitter as well at deadline underscore P-O-D. Thank you for joining. Hope to see you soon. Until the next one, guys. Stay spooky.